Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 183. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. One of the organizations across government that has come a long way in trying to fix legacy problems while still working on challenges that its customers face at the same time and building toward the future is the IT operation at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Yep. We talk to a lot of civil servants, public servants who are serving the American people. This is an organization that has one of the most important set of customers to whom we owe an enormous amount, the, the veteran and their families. So if, we, if there's an organization that needs to get it right, it's this one. Martha Orr is the Deputy Chief Information Officer for Quality, Performance, and Risk. Marissa Larson's Executive Director for Quality and Risk at VA. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program today. Martha, I start with you. Where are you now as far as managing the big IT operation that is VA? And where have you been? Where have you come from in that journey? Welcome, both of you. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, our journey um, has has been a long one. Um, you know, really, if I were to take you all the way back to uh, 2006, I don't know if you want to go all that way back or not. We got plenty of time. When, we got yeah, it's nothing not that far back for us. Nothing but time. <laughs> well, that's when uh, the IT functions centralized in uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs too, the Office of Information and Technology. So when you think about what that meant, it meant that before that time, we had a very decentralized IT organization, meaning that the medical centers, for example, our VA medical centers had IT staff that worked for the medical center directors, so so on and so forth. In 2006, that centralized under the leadership of the chief information officer. So essentially, that took a 300 plus organization and immediately made it into a 6,000 person organization and all of the functions that that those folks did in customer service, desktop support, uh, software development, cybersecurity, et cetera, all centralized to the CIO. So um, that was a huge change management effort as you can well imagine. And it was a journey that was interesting um, as we built the IT organization under the chief information officer. Um, Most recently, uh, we have um, expanded in our strategic planning and our governance. And I know one of the topics that was of great interest to you today is governance. And governance is something that we have uh, implemented and I would say instituted in the Office of Information and Technology to the point where we are using governance in our organization to make day-to-day decisions and to inform our leadership and our staff. Can you give us a sense of the size? You've talked about the size of the organization. What's the size of the department's information technology budget Um, And what kind of complexity are we talking about? Well, uh, when you look at the complexity or the functions of IT in the department, 
Many are centralized into the chief information officer. And those are things like uh, cybersecurity, uh, software development, or you know, the, the, um, the notion of meeting our customers' mission requirements with IT solutions. Um, obviously, we manage a, a multi, multi-billion dollar budget uh, for information technology. Uh, within OINT, and we have all of the acquisition um, activities that go along with supporting that um, budget all the way out to, of course, the um, execution of those funds uh, as we meet our various mission requirements. Marissa, welcome to you, and thanks for joining us today. I note from both of your job titles uh, a word there that I would say five years ago, you wouldn't find anybody in government even wanting to talk about, and that's risk. What has that meant, that that cultural change meant to the way that you and Martha and your colleagues at VAOIT approach managing this operation? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, risk management is something near and dear to our hearts. Um, and actually, risk management falls directly under Martha and I, too. So we're, we're great folks to be uh, talking about this topic. Um, and I think in terms of where the organization um, has gone is we are at a place where we are thinking and talking and discussing and evaluating risk from the very beginning of projects and initiatives. Um, We've recently um, developed um, and prepared a a risk management directive that supports the entire organization. And so it really is part of every facet um, that we have here within um, our organization. And I think, too, again, it's just um, critical that um, every conversation involves risk and how we are evaluating it and um, how much risk we are willing to take on in the organization. Give us some practical examples of, of how this manifests itself, how the improvement of your governance practices really impacted your delivery of services and technology to the organization. I think one of the things that I, um, I'm most proud of in terms of how we have uh, established our governance uh, processes and implemented them is that we do... Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do make a lot of our day-to-day decisions that that affect multiple organizations within OIT through the governance process, but we are also uh, inclusive of our stakeholders. Um, Those folks that we provide products and services to in the administrations like Veterans Health Administration, Veterans Benefits Administration, uh, National Cemetery Administration and our staff offices so that we are also considering their priorities, their mission requirements and their needs as we um, uh, execute our IT uh, dollars year to year. And uh, that, that gets into the notion of good investment management for information technology um, uh, buys and meeting information technology requirements. And it also allows us to have conversations with our stakeholders about uh, prioritization of requirements across the enterprise. 
Martha, VA has had some fits and starts when it comes to IT operations and and execution over the years. Every organization does, but unfortunately, because of the nature of the mission, I guess, some of VAs have been very high profile. Have some of those challenges influenced the way that you set your governance standards and practices? And if so, how's, how's that worked, Martha? Well, I think the more that you can have discussions as a group and and be transparent to your stakeholders and your customers and have those conversations and, and be inclusive in decision making, um, you know, not everybody is going to get everything they want when it comes to IT. The budget just isn't, you know, isn't big enough. Um, and I think that both of you also recognize that almost everything that we are implementing in terms of mission needs has an IT component of some type to it. Uh, I mean, you just you just don't get away from it in these days and people are excited about it because it helps improve their processes, it helps them deliver more timely, whatever the case may be. But that's what makes it so important to have governance where you're having conversations and you're you know, um, coming to uh, prioritize decisions uh, that are made in a manner of transparency, so everyone knows what they're what they're getting, if you will. And there are puts and takes. There's no doubt about it. Um, and things, um, uh, some things are, you know, perhaps delayed a bit to um, meet other higher priority, strategic, and mission needs of the organization. But when it can be discussed in a governance type manner, I think you do get more buy-in and you you certainly have a recognition of what the true needs are of the department to meet their mission requirements. Marissa, you were going to say something? I was just going to follow on what Martha had said and provide um, a very recent example to help um, kind of share and showcase um, this from our governance um, form and framework. So during COVID, um, the height of COVID, um, we were able to quickly establish a COVID-19 governance term council <clears throat> where we um, were able to um, quickly um, and very methodically um, review and adjudicate all of our COVID-19 um, decisions as it related to um, our, our budget um, and what items we were going to fund, how we were going to fund them, also, the um, increase in the um, manpower that was required to uh, respond to the pandemic um, for VA and uh, for the organization. So that was a very um, systematic process that was put in place um, and only able to be put in place because of the um, framework that we already had. And so we think that's one of our success stories, especially during the height of COVID. That's great. If you could give two or three lessons to the entire federal information technology community or even anyone in the information technology community, what would they be, Martha or, Mar or Marissa? I'll go ahead and start and then Marissa, you can finish off. But I think you have to have a well-defined framework. You have to think about what are the component pieces um, in this framework that we really need to run our day-to-day -day business and then make some um, good decisions about the, uh, the uh, composition, if you will, of the individuals who are on the various uh, boards, councils, subcommittees, whatever, whatever you call them. Uh, there definitely has to be a structure of charters 
around the activities and there also needs to be a structure of process. How are things going to work? Um, and at the end of the day, uh, are these decisions captured? How are you keeping the minutes? All those logistical um, types of things that are so important. Um, one of the key things that we found as we went through the uh, example that Marissa spoke to is uh, we did lay down a, a full process map to start off our work with this particular governance council. And we followed it through all the way to the audit piece that you knew was coming at the end of the process. And we uh, did our own internal audits. One of the things this, uh, my group does is um, audit uh, audits of various types um, internal to our organization. And we found a very, very high compliance rate. So we know that the funds that were expended on our COVID acquisitions are clear. There, you can find the uh, information, you can find all of the uh, documents, documents and artifacts that were uh, needed to support the decisions made and the funds expended. So those are really, uh, to my mind, key uh, pieces that you need to uh, manage governance within a large complex organization such as VA's Office of Information and Technology. So just to follow on that a little bit more, some other things that we find great importance in is constantly communicating the value of our IT governance and our framework and really ensuring that we're highlighting and evangelizing um, the decisions that are being made um, across these different councils within our IT governance. Um, and I think also too, um, we also like to highlight and encourage folks to um, understand that they can all participate and play a role in governance. Um, so as Martha had mentioned, um, <clears throat> there's opportunities to serve on councils, to serve on committees, um, and it's a great way to have your voice heard, um, to share ideas, and to be part of the process, which I think is um, very much exciting. And then we've also learned, too, um, over the course of the years with governance is it's always process improvement. So we currently have a governance process improvement initiative underway where we're constantly looking and reevaluating our structure and our charters um, and our decision rights to you know, ensure that if we need to make adjustments that we have the opportunity um, to do that as the landscape um, changes or adjusts. The big kahuna, obviously, in your office right now is the Electronic Health Records Modernization Program. What piece of that do each of you own, Martha? You go first on that one, please. Um, I, I don't know that I would say that we own any piece of that. Um, what we support are the component pieces that the Office of Information and Technology is responsible for, mainly the infrastructure that the electronic health record is going to be using at the various medical centers across the country. And uh, that, that is drawn into our governance pro and decision-making process for Office of Information and Technology. And then, um, as Marissa mentioned earlier, um, our framework is, used as a model for the department's governance. And they're looking now at the, how, how to expand uh, governance um, as well uh, to, to um, ensure that all of the critical requirements are met, not just for EHRM, of course, but for all of the departments. Marissa, anything you want to add to that? 
I think one thing that's interesting too is um, Martha always talks and shares about um, a story about governance in terms of Robert's rules of order. (laughs) Different Robert. Different Robert. Different Robert. Thank God. And just how, you know, again, our process has has evolved and to Martha's point, you know, supports um, governance, supports um, the electronic health record modernization, but also, you know, that we have built in, you know, flexibilities uh, within our system um, to be able to leverage, <clears throat> you know, I think um, all the goodness that comes out of governance, um, you know, for our organization, um, but also allows us to um, to be creative and not so stuffy. <laughs> I don't know if Martha can explain it better than that, but um, I always enjoy that story. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, we, we did have some fits and starts at first uh, when we introduced uh, governance as part of how Office of Information and Technology would operate. And um, so, you know, we were going by the, the rules of Robert there. And, um, you know, just uh, it, it, it came to the point where we really had to say, you know, Robert's rules are great, but we're going to call them Bob's rules and be a little less, you know, tied to things of, of, of a very procedural nature. And that really helped loosen up a lot of the uh, meetings. I'm not saying we shouldn't have minutes. Of course we should. We should have motions. We should be conducting business that way. But we really sort of took it into a discussion and conversation as well, which really helped, I think, people feel like they could, they were included and we were more inclusive of people's thoughts and their comments and their recommendations. Anybody ever say, lighten up Francis at one of those meetings? <laughs> no, no, nobody says that at any meetings ever, Robert, Bob. <laughs> nobody ever says that. What kind of interest have you gotten, if any, from other parts of VA or from other organizations across the government to come and talk to them and help them to understand what you've put in place so that they can use the same principles? Yeah, a lot of interest within the department, for sure, Um, uh, because I think that um, we've been at, um, I would say, this governance phase two, I'll call it, after we had our little, you know, fits and starts at first, and we kind of took the lessons learned and we adjusted things and, you know, the story of Bob's rules and all of that sort of thing. And then it really started to work for us. And that was not unnoticed by others in the department, uh, particularly our Office of Enterprise Integration, which was starting to get into the notion of maybe we should have enterprise governance. That is, um, uh, a more consolidated in a more consolidated fashion. I don't want to imply that we don't have governance in the department, but I think they wanted to put the same kind of framework. And so they they did use a lot of our um, you know samples and frameworks and sample charters and all those sorts of things and looked at how we compartmentalized our various areas into councils and and committees and whatnot. And that is really being implemented uh, right now. And we were happy to help with that. Robert, since they're your rules, would you like to make a motion to adjourn this episode of the program? I think we just, I think we just let it go. Oh, okay. Once thank again, he's sucked all the fun out of it. Ladies, thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the program. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. 
Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.